0: This is the Sports Desk. If there ever was a time where we would do a tag team last man standing match, you would know that Jason Evans and Jerry Un would be declared the winners of that because we are the two that sit in the studio for the Sports Desk on your Friday night. How are you doing, Jerry? Welcome to you.
1: Yeah, good to be here, Jace. Very, very good to be here. Lots of news
0: to cover today. How are you, Jase? Plenty of news to cover. I'm doing quite okay. Things have gotten quite chaotic in the last week for myself. However, it, there will be a sense of calm. As we break down the world of sport right now. Lots to cover as well. We got some news in the A League, we've got the cricket to break down. Marnus Labashane himself, and this is just a little bit of a preview to that, has been quoted during the week saying, It is hard to fathom and it is astonishing that there is another game. That occur next week, and that next week he was referring to, happened last night. Australia v. India went at it again in the T20 International. We'll be breaking that down later on in the program. But that is a funny thing, isn't it? The uh, fixturing of the cricket schedule. We, we've The Australians have won the World Cup, I mean, and it's not even a week, and here they are in the T20 International. Funny scheduling, hey?
1: Yeah, well, it was very funny, the result as well. It didn't go the shadow's way, but we'll touch on it
0: very shortly as well. We certainly will. Uh, in A-League news, and it's not necessarily more of an Australian thing, it actually is uh, benefiting New Zealand, and that is Wellington Phoenix might be seeing themselves with a new rivalry coming up soon, as in, an A-League team has been confirmed in Auckland. The licence has been granted and been backed by US owner of Bournemouth and the NHL's Vegas Golden Knights, Bill Foley, Jerry.
1: That's interesting because then Wellington Phoenix will have someone to compete against and, yeah, I'm sure Auckland will be a challenge in a few years' time. So good to see that happen as well, Jace.
0: Is it good to get a New Zealand rivalry going on in the A-League, would you say?
1: I think so because besides Wellington Phoenix, there's no other team at the moment. So it'll be good to get... You know, your Sydney derby going, your Melbourne derby going, and so your New Zealand derby going as well. That'll be
0: interesting to see. Let's hope in about 10 years from now uh, we do see a uh, – would be – wow. The reason why I get flustered there is because I was considering the site of a potential 10 years' time New Zealand derby grand final. Oh, geez. And can you imagine the the oceans that will be – the oceans will rise, hell will freeze over. It's going to be insane. Uh, you, got, you could walk into this with a bit of optimism here with Bill Foley, as given that he is the owner of the NHL's Vegas Golden Knights, as you would know, currently sit as defending Stanley Cup champions right now. Mm. And at their inception in 2018, the promise was to deliver a Stanley Cup to Vegas in six years. Where, what year was it when the Vegas Golden Knights won their first Stanley Cup? was in their sixth year. He's got the track record in doing that. So all the very best to uh, Bill Foley and everyone uh, lined up to be in Auckland. The only thing that is a bit concerning is that we still don't know what the team colours are and the home ground is and what their nickname is. We just understand that we have a a team ready to go and the licence has been given.
1: So it will take a bit of time to sort out the stadium negotiations and everything as well, but hopefully they'll get sorted very soon. Um, Speaking of soccer, Sam Kerr also is back in the news, so... She helped Chelsea win against PSG in the Women's uh, UEFA Champions League match. So, she's scored a hat trick to help Chelsea win 4-1. So, what are your thoughts there, Jace? A big, big showing from Sam Kerr.
0: Well, that's <coughs> what you need to be expected to as being the hero of the Matildas and the, yeah. the centerpiece of uh, Australian women's soccer. So, great to see the superstars delivering. Yeah, still going. Um.
1: Well, moving over back to the States again in the US, so Coach Popovich from San Antonio Spurs took for Mike against um, the LA Clippers actually because he's one of his former players, Kawhi Leonard, was being booed by all the San Antonio Spurs fans. So hmm. to put into context, Kawhi Leonard won a championship with Coach Popovich with San Antonio Spurs um, in 2014. So that was about almost 10 years ago and then – He's since moved to LA Clippers and he was getting booed constantly yesterday in in the match between Clippers and Spurs and basically Coach Popovich had enough and started getting on the mic and telling them to stop booing Kawhi leonard. Unfortunately that did not work, Chase. He kept on he still kept getting booed after the coach told the fans to stop booing. Did so. it get
0: more intense? Oh well it remained the same to be honest. Right. Yeah. Still pretty
1: intense though, but
0: yeah. Yes. Uh, what what was the actual comment being made? It was show some class, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: pretty much, because you don't want fans, like certainly, because it's a former champion that that's getting booed. It's not, not in sportsmanship, not sportsmanlike. You know, it's just a bit, bit um unprofessional and from the fans. So we want to see less of that and more NBA. Don't yeah, enjoys.
0: and and NBA, that's something Jerry will be covering a little bit later on. Also in broadcasting news, this is quite a uh, surprise that caught my eye, or at least, Jerry, you brought to me, and you've got the details here. SEN, uh, one of our fellow sports uh, broadcasters in radio, uh, is selling two of its stations back to New Zealand. Sports Entertainment Network, Jerry, what, what's the details in that?
1: Yeah, so they're selling two more radio stations back to New Zealand, TAB, to fight off debt. It's reported to be an offload of four million dollars by selling those two stations back. So, I think um, S N invested a lot into the New Zealand radio stations, and obviously it's come back to bottom. So hmm. they've been, you know, forced to sell those two stations back to New Zealand. So interesting news there. It and is interesting. Back news. to SIN. We have some big Sin. news, Jason. Don't we? SIN
0: Media, however, SYN, our Student Youth Network. What is a happy occasion, I must say. And this, uh, everyone listening right here, should be very proud of of your contributions to this. As a result of raising about fifty eight thousand dollars from givenow.com.au dot com dot au forward slash Save SIN, uh, it has been announced from the station that. From about – well, actually, sorry, I need to correct myself. I just reread it here. It's not 58000 It's $60,000 that you, our listeners, have been able to raise and have successfully saved our station. And uh, Sin Media hasn't been insured a future for 2024, and we cannot thank you enough That's for that. That's incredible news. That, Very happy. That comes from six weeks of fundraising, two uh, 24-hour – non-stop broadcasting here in this Sin Media live studio, as well as fundraising events at the Evelyn Hotel at the what we call the final sprint with Ramona Sky headlining. I believe that was actually uh, at the Evelyn Hotel number one. We did, But in essence, we've done two special uh, live events hmm. to help run, fundraise our survival. And with here, we can now sit here and say that we have guaranteed a a future for 2024. And I I cannot be more grateful, express enough gratitude to everyone listening to this show, to your favorite show here at Sin Media for helping us reach this milestone and be able to say that to us. Because the reason why it sounds like I'm repeating myself and maybe getting lost for words is because I truly am. I'm incredibly thankful for uh, been able to reach this achievement, and it was a very scary prospect that maybe we wouldn't be sitting here making this announcement to you, but uh, here we are, and thank you everyone. Jerry.
1: Yeah, well, there will be a Sports Test 2024, which is very exciting times ahead. Um, save Sin, it's incredible, the fundraising that's been able to achieve over $60,000 in the past six weeks is just incredible. That's an average of $10,000 per week, and <laughs> Yeah. Thanks to all the volunteers for, you know, doing those 24-hour fundraising efforts because that hard work has, has to go, yeah, it deserves all the credit it has. So yeah.
0: And a big thank you to everyone at the final sprint once again on November the 19th for the Save Sin Fest, which took place at the Evelyn Hotel. That was definitely a incredible. Uh, a critical increase in, in donations yeah, on that particular day. So thank you to everyone who took part <laughs> in that as well. Uh, we'll just read a quick statement from our uh, our SIN general manager, Ruby Smith, who went on to state, thanks to your support, SIN will be able to continue providing a platform for young people across Nam Melbourne, uplifting their voices and creating spaces where they are celebrated for being themselves. And the SIN FM statement continued to say, we want to give the warmest thank you to the artists, venue, venue operators, raffle prize donors and all involved who volunteered their time, expertise and products to make this outcome possible, as well as all industry professionals, artists, listeners, alumni and volunteers who supported us through this campaign. And that uh, needs to be said for f- previous volunteers. So plenty of... Um, SIN alumni showed up to the station to get behind the cause because it is an incredible training ground for the future broadcasters of. Uh, you hear the future broadcasters today here on 90.7 DAB Digital Radio or from your preferred device at syn.org.au. And I think that causes for celebration and helping each other out, Jerry. That's something... Uh, I notice when I watch a, a lot of old like Foo Fighters videos as well, yeah. there's a particular um, performance from I think it's about 2018 period because there was a period of time when they were touring and Dave Grohl's voice was a little bit uh, in trouble. <laughs> so there's one performance of times like these where his voice is a little not, not quite there. So, and it gives me a good, it's another reason why every time you hear Foo Fighters, you miss Taylor Hawkins just that little bit more. He helps him through the performance And it's really kind because that's what I see in them is what I've seen from the Sin community helping us out in a very difficult time. Uh, But I do need to warn everybody. Oh, yeah, this song's got swearing in it. Yeah, it does. But hopefully if you can bear with us for the next five minutes, you can help celebrate the survival of the station with a live version of times like these. And we'll get back to sport after this. The late drumming icon, Taylor Hawkins, helping Dave Grohl through a performance of times like these in a live Foo Fighters show. Uh, coming into the studio today reminded me of uh, you, the Sin community, helping us keep this station alive, and we have successfully done that. And a massive, massive, profound thank you for that. I'm Jason. You're joined with Jerry N, and we're getting back into the sports portion of the sports desk on your Friday night. And the AFLW. Prelim finals start this weekend, Jerry. I understand he's very excited about this, given that he is a North supporter. He's, he's had a great week as a North supporter. Let's hear him break down the prelims.
1: Yeah, well, very excited I am, Jason, as you said earlier. So we're starting from Saturday 7.45pm with Brisbane versus Geelong at Braden Homes Arena. So Brisbane had the week off after winning their first uh, qualifying final. And then Geelong obviously just prevailed by five points against Melbourne over the weekend. So Geelong might be in for a tough challenge down at Brighton Holmes Arena because it's tough, it's humid, it's in Brisbane. Who knows who's going to win? Um, I think the Lions win with um, Ali Anderson leading from the front who averages 25.5 touches per game, 5.6 tackles per game. And then on Geelong's side, you've got Georgie Presbarkas Absolutely dominating the midfield, um, averaging 24.5 touches per game, 409 metres gained. And the Cats also have more marks than the Lions on average, so 47 to 42 marks. In, in saying that, though, I think Brisbane's forward line will be led by Davidson and will be too strong for Geelong.
0: Did Geelong have any hope, do you think?
1: They do after their performance against Melbourne. Obviously, Melbourne reigning premiers were... were Straight out in straight sets, but obviously it's harder because Geelong, you know, just narrowly won. It looked, they looked very tight in that fourth quarter. I mean, obviously now they have to fly up to Brisbane, so I think it, it will be very hard for
0: them to win. All right, Brisbane is the prediction from Jerry there. The other game, North Melbourne versus Adelaide. It's at Icon Park, the home of AFLW pretty much. Uh, as a North supporter, do you have hope?
1: Yeah, I do, mate. It's at 3 or 5 p.m. Adelaide coming off the 67-point victory against Sydney Swans. Um, do pose a threat to North Melbourne, obviously. But in the past, North Melbourne only lost by three points against Adelaide during the regular season, and they're winning across the whole game. And now it's in Adelaide in Norwood Oval, away from home. Now this is in Icon Park. Obviously not Arden Street for <laughs> so, <laughs> for Imagine crowd it purposes. That. Oh, it would have been amazing. But still, I think North Melbourne have the edge after their massive win as well. Similar to Geelong, but massive win against Melbourne in the qualifying final. So Riddell averages 31 touches, Garner 29 and a goal compared to Marinoff 27, Hatchard 26. I think North should win that.
0: <clears throat> what? Well, if North could win it, what are the main aspects of the game where Adelaide have the advantage and they could uh, get this win?
1: I think it's for midfield. Adelaide also have two incredible players who I mentioned. If Maranoff can kick two or three goals like she did against Sydney in the semi-finals, then it will be very hard to stop Adelaide. However, North Melbourne averaged 76 to 69 tackles over, over Adelaide. So I think North should have the upper hand there. And I believe, Jason, you have the draft... Um, the top 10 draft picks? I
0: do have uh, the... We wanted to break down the draft a little bit. There is one final detail I will give. It's very poetic that these are the two teams that both were defeated in prelim final last year, is as, as my understanding, Jerry. So uh, let's hope it becomes a bit of poetic justice for one side, say?
1: Yeah. No, nah, let's hope so. Too. Let's
0: hope so too. The draft did happen Monday night, uh, uh, the first night of draft as we move on now. Hmm. What a night it was. A couple of players slipped. A couple of players got traded up. There were actually some clubs that did trade up. And we'll just break down the top ten that went in the top ten and then we'll see <laughs> what other major... Uh picks uh, caught the eyes of the sports desk team here. I think it was a foregone conclusion that pick one was to go to Harley Reid, West Coast Eagles. Uh, There was reports during the week that North Melbourne's recruitment said that the horse had bolted in negotiations for pick one. They stuck to their guns, the West Coast Eagles, and they got uh, what is uh, described to be possibly a generational player and a player that will define an era of AFL football going forward in Harley Reid. Colby McKershaw went to North Melbourne at pick two. For picks three, four and five, it was Gold Coast North Melbourne and Hawthorne, respectively Jed Walter from the Gold Coast Academy. Zane Dersmer, the brother of Xavier, went to North Melbourne. I'll get Jerry's review on that shortly as a North supporter. And Nick Watson went to Hawthorne and his jumper was presented by, uh, uh, well, uh, by... Uh Oh no! What's his name? Michael Tuck, the previous game's record holders. That's a nice little moment there. Mm. Riley Sanders pick six to Western Bulldogs. Seven Caleb Windsor to Melbourne. Daniel Curtin to Adelaide. Now that is a that uh, surprised a few, didn't it? He was believed to go a little bit higher than that, or perhaps a West Australian club would be chasing. It. In fact, that was it was definitely touted that if Harley Reid didn't go to West Coast Eagles, uh, Daniel Curtin might. Um, Ethan Reed to the Gold Coast Suns at pick nine, Nate Caddy to Essendon, in which that was a trade up with Geelong, who ended up taking pick eleven, Connor O'Sullivan. Mm. Those are the those are the big ones, Jerry. Uh, were you there the night to see these picks be made, and was there anything that surprised you, or anything, or was it mostly uh, as expected for you?
1: Yeah, there were a few. Obviously, Zane Desmond getting the number four pick. Brother Xavier plays for Essen and he plays like Toby Green, so it's good to see North Melbourne draft a forward because in previous years we've drafted a few midfielders like as you know, McKurch is gonna be a like for like similar to Zach Merritt actually from Essen and he's a very good left footed player. Um, but however we have lots in the midfield now and it's good that we recruited a few Ruckman and defenders, so Will Dawson twenty two, Hardeman twenty three, and Taylor Goad twenty. And then also I played cricket with him, Jordan Croft. Um, really? Father of Matthew Croft, got drafted to the Western Bulldogs as a father-son. So he's a very versatile key forward. Kicked 20 goals in the NAB league, f- pick 15. I think it was initially Sydney um, picked him and then he got matched as a father-son. But I played right. cricket with him and it's very good to see someone, you know, I played the whole season with him. Get into the AFL, so very special for Jordan. Very happy for him, and yeah, good to see him.
0: Jordan, if you're listening, good on you! Congratulations. What was his best cricketing performance? Yeah. Oh. I know I'm throwing you under the bus a bit there, but was he was he good? Was he mostly a oh, batter? He was, was he a bowler? A bit of all
1: rounder. He, all rounder. Do both. So I think he had a free for once where I caught one of his um one of his balls. So not bragging. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, nah, it was a privilege playing with him though. So.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Anything else uh, as a North fan, anything caught your eye there?
1: I think us recruiting a Ruckman will be positive as well, like Taylor Goad. He's obviously pick 20. He's got like for likes. Well, we're replacing Goldie, so we need someone like that. But McKerch is someone who's very exciting to watch. What about from Essendon's point of view, Well, from
0: Essendon, Nate Caddy was uh, a bit of a uh, a priority. Uh, it was interesting to see. Do you believe across the board, across all 18 clubs, there was more drafting for needs than it was say, oh, this is a potential generational player. We'll just nab him while we can.
1: I think it was more for needs really this draft. Mm. Yeah.
0: Besides Harley Reed, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's more. Just... <laughs> it is impressive that Adelaide landed Curtin though. at pick eight. You'd think he would be in the top, in the top five. But for, if you're asking me as an Essendon supporter, I am happy with Nate Caddy to have uh uh, we, we went recruiting for, we went, we chased Ben Mackay and overcompensate To be brutally honest, as much as it was mocked on Monday that, oh, you paid over for him, it was a desperately needed position filled. Uh, so I'm quite happy with that. And now we could have gone, now the Bombers could go to the draft and get a key forward. Uh, and I will say if Nate Caddy does perform well and gets into the side immediately, that does put a bit of pressure on Harry Jones and does give it just that little bit of extra, the Peter Wright, Nate Caddy, Harry Jones, and possibly, I guess, Sam Wiedemann as your potential go to forwards. It's bolstering up a bit, which I quite like. Also, uh, Laman Luau from pick 39. I'm excited about this guy. I love pace off, off halfback. And given that Heppel's in his 30s off halfback, and that's kind of been his mainstay position for the last couple of years, as well as Nick Hine not necessarily being uh, a week-to-week uh, starter for the Bombers, I would say uh, that puts a little bit of pressure on him. But half back pace, always appreciate that. Hmm. We'll give it. We'll consider that draft. Analyse. Are there any other major ones you want to break down that have caught your eye? Or is that pretty much the uh, the brunt of it? I think that's pretty much the brunt of all the AFL draft coverage. And there you go. And uh, obviously, I reckon on Monday, f- heaven forbid, we analyse the rookie draft as well because it was kind of it was kind of funny seeing Jake Meltrum get a, a re rookie draft yeah. <laughs> draft pick, which is kind of funny. I felt bad for the guy because he had a really good season until that injury uh, got in his way, which is a shame. But uh, uh, well, that is uh, where we sit at now. Uh, coming up next, we'll be reviewing the T20 international game between Australia and England. But I would say I think it's probably within my contract and there would have been a very strong disciplinary meeting if I didn't play this song at, during, on this day during this particular week. So we'll do that as you listen to the Sports Desk on scene. At least it wasn't De Koning's in the air. Whoa, whoa, De Koning's in the air. At least it wasn't that. It was Let Me Entertain You, Robbie Williams. Because yeah. he played this week, did you hear? Yeah, I saw from Sammy's story. Our know, <laughs> dear and gracious De leader was well. there. Yeah. Yes, Tom De Koning, yeah, he's going to see a huge influx of uh, name value, I would argue, wouldn't he? Uh, there you go. So Robbie Williams played in Melbourne. That's exciting. I think he's continuing the Australia tour. I'm fairly certain. Uh, right, let's move on from uh, Australian sport into Australians representing the nation in the well, they're world champions, but weirdly, they're falling to India in the T Twenty international. Let's break that down. Come on, Now, like we said at the top of the show, it was hard to fathom for Marlinus Slabashane to win the World Cup. And then all of a sudden, here is the Australian side playing T20 international cricket less than a week later. And they took on said runners-up of that World Cup. And Mm. India got the win, Jerry, How did that happen?
1: Yeah, well, Australia batted first. They made three for 208 with Josh Ingalls top scoring, making 110 from 50 balls. Yeah, including 11 fours, eight sixes. Steve Smith also helped out for half-century, 52 from 41 with eight fours. However, it wasn't enough as India narrowly won by two wickets, eight for 209. Um, I think for India, the top scorer, Surakuma Yadav, scored 80 of 42. So with that nine fours, four sixes helped them over the line, and Kishan also helped out with half century himself. So.
0: 58 of 39 was that one there. A couple of ducks from Vire run out with Ravi Bishnoi and Ashdeep Singh, uh, run out by Matthew Wade and Steve Smith, represent, uh, respectively uh, for zero. So there was quite efficiency in the field for that particular game, but mm. uh, yeah, it, it seems like it just a bit more, we were less reliant on the one uh, hero and uh, just a well rounded innings, you'd say. I
1: think bowl the bowler struggled as well because Tamviya Sanger. Just went two for forty-seven off four overs, and he got the most wickets. And Marcus Stoinis went zero for thirty-six from three mm. overs. So it Berendorf
0: wasn't... though one for twenty-five and a maiden. You got you got to uh, tip your hats to that scoring maidens in a T twenty match.
1: Yeah, so that was incredible from Berendorf. Unfortunately, couldn't get a job done
0: in Australia. No, strange, eh? What else we got lined up here for the uh, T20 World Cup? Is there, uh, well, not T20 World Cup, it's just a T20 International Series. Uh, any, anything, anything to be concerned about there on, on the Aussie front? I think,
1: um, obviously, making a high score is still pretty good to fathom, so there shouldn't be too much of an issue come next game. I think it's a one out of three T20 series, so there could be a few more games
0: of Australia v India to come. Certainly so. Uh, bowling front for India: Bishnoi one fifty four, Krishna one for f- uh, one for fifty. Seems like a seems like a two a two heavyweights going at it in a combative game of cricket, and uh, it was just India that one time. So there you go. That mm. is that. Uh, do you want to talk basketball, Jerry? Yes, I do. Let's talk basketball. There is no NBL to report, so it's just you with the NBA this week. Yeah, so there's lots
1: of games to cover from yesterday. So, start off with Hornets defeating Wizards 117 and 114. The Magic defeating Nuggets 124 to 119. The Hawks in overtime winning 147 to 145. The Celtics defeating Bucks 119 and 116. The Pacers losing the Raptors 132 to 131 in a close, close battle. The Heat demolishing the Cavaliers 129 and 96. The Rockets defeating Grizzlies one eleven to ninety one. The Clippers narrowly defeating Spurs one o nine and one o two. So that was the game where, um, choir was getting booed. Hmm. They still managed to win the game though. Um, well, that's Pelicans, one way to stick it then. Yeah, true. The Pelicans defeated the Kings one seventeen and one twelve. The Thunder defeated Bulls one sixteen and one o two. The Timberwolves defeated Seventy Sixes one twelve to ninety nine. The Trailblazers one twenty one and the Jazz one o five, and. In the Suns game, 123 to 115 over Warriors, KD dropped 32 from 14 shots, so he was very economical in that game. And then Kyrie Irving scores a clutch free with 20 seconds left to defeat LeBron's Lakers 104 to 101 in the Mavs win there. So that was very interesting to look at. Um, there's a few other games tomorrow we want to focus on in the NBA in season tournament as well. So you've got the Magic and Celtics tomorrow. Grizzlies, Suns, Knicks, and Heat; Raptors, Bulls, Timberwolves, Kings, Rockets, Nuggets,
0: Bucks, and Wizards;
1: Pacers, Pistons, Warriors, Spurs, and then Clippers and Pelicans.
0: Jason, who's been impressing you the most in the uh, the last week of NBA?
1: I think the Suns have been very impressive with a win on the road against the Warriors, and then also the Clippers have bounced back with James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George all together. So those two teams have been catching my eye recently, Jase.
0: And uh, any middling teams out there that are punching above their weight that you're observing?
1: I think the Hawks, with their OT win against the Nets, are definitely punching above their weight. They weren't expected to win that game, but they managed to win that game. So there you go.
0: Well, they'll be shouting defence defense next time they enter the arena there. That is your basketball wrap-up. Once again, no NBL this week. That returns November the 30th. We'll break that down next week on the show. In the meantime, we will uh, I've still got some hockey to break down, but I'll make sure to keep it quick because I'm sure there's plenty to do in the uh, Premier League, Champions League, and all things round ball. Isn't that right, Jerry? Yeah, there's a few... So in the meantime, here's some Post Malone for you. You're on the sports desk on CIM. Ah, surprise, Joe. You. you got a double song here on the sports desk. Uh, we also made sure to do it a little bit more locally there, Joe Jerry. So The Blue by Ishan was that track you just heard. And he's actually one a really fun local artist. You can actually catch him busking outside uh, Burke Street Mall on a, on a good day. And uh, you can check his uh, material out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because he released a brand new EP and, that's the, and it came straight off it. It was called The Cycle of Codependence. You can actually hear him talk all about it on Monday's edition of the Hoist earlier this week, and Jerry Chemicals by Post Malone. Obviously, a big Post Malone fan yourself. Yeah, well, seeing Post Malone next Thursday, so it's
1: good to play some Chemical by Post Malone.
0: You go, you go you're going to see him. Yeah, really? going to see him. Yeah. Wow. Excited. Yeah, yeah very excited. Get good seats. Mosh Pit. So Mosh Pit. Yeah. That's exciting. That's going to be really good. Anyway, uh, that's how. That's the music portion of the sports. They sound artist of the Week. Chemicals by Post Malone. And why not? Just show, show some love to some of the locals out there with uh, Ishan. Be sure to drop him a tip when uh, he's busking on the street. You will not regret it. Let's go to the round ball game and let's talk. What do we want to talk? Premier League? Let's go yeah, Premier, let's go Premier it's League. It's going to be exciting. I'm sure there's big things to talk about. Let's go. Take it away. Yeah, so we're match week 13
1: out of 38. Tomorrow night is a big match, 11.30 p.m. Man City against Liverpool, so that's first and second against each other. So that'll be massive. And then from Sunday morning, you've got Sheffield United versus Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest versus Brighton, Burnley versus West Ham, Luton Town versus Crystal Palace, Newcastle versus Chelsea, Brentford versus Arsenal from 4.30 a.m. on Sunday. And then on Monday... And Tuesday, you got a few other games as well. So Tottenham and Aston Villa, Spurs are looking to bounce back after two straight losses at home. So they should bounce back there. Everton and Man United, um, Monday, 3.30 a.m. And then to round it out, Fulham v. Wolves, um, Tuesday, 7 a.m. So a few matches there. We said Man City and Liverpool. So Man City is sitting on 28 points, Liverpool 27, Arsenal 27, Tottenham 26. Villa 25, Man United 21, Newcastle 20, and then you go to Brighton, West Ham, Chelsea, Brentford, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Bournemouth, Ludentown, and then the drop zone is Sheffield United, Everton and Burnley. So there's a few matches there. If Tottenham lose, they might fall out of the top four because Villa's fifth, so that's a huge game as well. Calling Um,
0: that the most important one of the week, you'd say?
1: Oh, I'd say Man City and Liverpool of course yeah. would be the top one, but second, closely would be Tottenham via Aston Villa for top four position. Um, yeah, that's about it for Premier League. We move on to the A League now because that's some interesting so. games coming not up. Not only well.
0: do they get their new license, but we've got some fun games breaking. It. It's not often we get to use this particular stinger too, so let's just take a moment to embrace it. Can't deny, it's a bit long, but got a good bop to it.
1: Yeah, well... What's happening? Tonight, match day five starts out of 27, so you got MacArthur versus Melbourne Victory from 7.45pm. Both are coming off draws, so I think MacArthur will hopefully look to win. And then tomorrow you got Wellington Phoenix and Melbourne City from 230 also both coming off draws, so both teams will be looking to win. And then you got the Sydney Derby tomorrow between Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers at 7.45. So Sydney FC are coming off a 5-1 victory over Adelaide United, while Western Sydney Wanderers are coming off a 2-0 victory against Perth Glory. So both coming off wins, into a Sydney Derby, you'll be massive. And then 5.30 tomorrow, Central Coast Mariners and Newcastle Jets. Followed by two Sunday games, Brisbane Raw and Perth Glory from 3pm. And then from 5pm, Western United and Adelaide United. So there's a few big games. I think the biggest game will be the Sydney Derby. Have a quick look at the table. Western Sydney Wanderers sit on top with two wins, two draws. Alongside um, Melbourne Victory, Wellington Phoenix and Macarthur for that top four. And then from then on, you got Adelaide United in fifth, Brisbane Raw, Newcastle Jets, Perth Glory... Melbourne City struggling in ninth, Sammy's team. (laughs) There's a
0: little bit of a cheeky swipe there. (laughs) Western
1: United and Central Coast Mariners rounded out. So that's about it for the A-League
0: as well. That's the A League breaking down. I won't do the thingo for that, but I did forget to talk NHL. But just know that uh, we'll just uh, do a quick update on the standings here. Yeah, go Boston, it. Florida, and Tampa Bay currently take out the top three in the Atlantic Eastern uh, Eastern Conference's Atlantic Division. Rangers, Capitals, and Hurricanes in Metro, and in the West it is Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg. Taking out the top three for the Central and Pacific, Vegas Golden Knights, Vancouver Canucks, and LA Kings in the Pacific didn't mean for that to be the main event, but we've got a very that's you know, we're covering that as we can. We've also got a very exciting weekend ahead in the A League. That sounds really good, Jerry. I believe that's what you call analysis, and that's what you call the sports desk. There you go excellent uh, thank you very much for joining us here on our Friday night and uh, it's uh, just a just reminder you bear witness Jerry and I are the last people standing here in this studio and we're taking it triumphantly into the Monday show, and we'll defend our title vigorously. It's You can live vicariously through us and cheer us on at Sports Desk Sin on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And be sure to catch up on the podcasts on your favourite podcast platform on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and syn.org.au. And once again, a huge, profound thanks to everyone who donated to the Save Sin campaign, How, because now we can sit here and say, sin is saved. So thank you very much for all that. Uh, my name is Jason. Jerry and is here. We'll be breaking down a lot more sport As we approach the summer, in fact, the summer of cricket is not too far away and we're going to do a big bash. Well, not even necessarily big bash, Jerry. Just a big extravaganza of cricket to to lead you into the summer.
1: Cricket, big bash, lots to look forward to.
0: Still plenty more to break down. See you then. Catch you soon.